photography is one of the most overlooked and underutilized tools in the marketing toolbox for most businesses. And when I say photography, I mean great photography. Thanks for tuning in to the Joy, Color, Impact, and Dogs podcast. Nick here. Nice to see you. Glad to have you back. So if you happen to be listening to this podcast on the day it's released, you will have me in your headphones and I will be busy doing a photo shoot. And a funny thing happened about a week ago. I was talking to my husband about prepping for the shoot and the planning I was doing and coordinating things with our life and our kids to make sure I had the day for this. And he was like, didn't you just get pictures done? Like, didn't we, didn't you just do this? Now, first of all, it was a year ago, so it wasn't just. <laughs> and second of all, I was like, well, yeah, uh, it's a really important part of my marketing. And he was like, why? <laughs> now, first of all, the first thing I want to point out is that my husband is also self-employed. He has a really cool gravel cycling business. Check it out. It's called Glorious Gravel. And for every ride these guys do, and during the season that's like March through October, they have a videographer at every single event. So that's like, you know, dozens and dozens capturing content at every single event. So first of all, he knows why, because <laughs> he does it in his own business. But circling back to the conversation, I was like, hey, look, you know, I have an online business. My product is me right? I am the product. I don't have a physical product. I sell digital intangible products and I sell a podcast for free, a blog, information products, speaking, advice. This is what I sell. And while I'm not putting what I sell up on Amazon, I do have to put it up somewhere and sell it. And in any scenario, when you're selling anything, you absolutely 100% need great photography, right? So it's as true for his travel adventure cycling brand as it is for my, you know, information consulting branding brand. We all need really great images. And those images are a pretty constant need these days. And we'll talk about that more, why that's happening in a second. But photography is one of the most overlooked and underutilized tools in the marketing toolbox for most businesses. And when I say photography, I mean great photography. I don't just mean crappy stock images, which we will also talk about in a second. But with the demands that we have keeping up in the channels that make the most sense for us, places like social media, places like our website, places like our podcast, places like ads, blogs, visual content, is absolutely king. And that was true. It's still true. It will continue to be more true. And if you don't believe me, just think about what it's like to do a post on Facebook without a photo or without a video and how much attention that post gets. We are visual creatures. We'll dive into that in a second. But today I want to really help unpack what photography needs to be to be useful to your brand and how to make sure that your photos are helping and not hurting this business that you're completely dedicated to and putting your all into. Because like I said, photos tend to be one of the most overlooked pieces of your marketing. 
Now, I'm biased, right? My career started as a photographer back in like, well, officially in like 2005, but I was doing paid photo shoots from the time I was 17. I worked for a portrait studio and I did, I got headhunted in high school, amazing, <laughs> to do um, like senior portraits for studio. So I delayed going to college by a term so that I could do the fall senior portrait season for the studio. And then I headed up to uni after that. So I've been getting paid to take photos since I was 17. And I'm not going to say how long ago that was. <laughs> and before that, I was doing it for pleasure. Um, so I have been shooting, looking at, analyzing, editing, selling, buying, and teaching photography-related stuff for like at least three quarters of my life. So I am biased. But part of my interest and skill in photography has also led to a deep curiosity about how and why photography matters in a lot of different contexts, but especially in business. And as I've done a lot of photography for brands, as I've hired a lot of photography for brands for myself, for my clients at all kinds of different budgets and scopes, I've learned a lot about what works and doesn't work and how and why images fit in and what they are meant to do for a business. And I want to share some of that with you today because there is a very good chance that this is a very easy place to get an incremental upgrade in your business. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be complicated. There is a very good chance this is a place where you can improve the results that you're getting in your business because the three fastest ways to have an impact on people, <laughs> let's say first impression, let's say your website, let's say printed materials, trade show booth, the three fastest ways to have an emotional impact on a human being are through color, imagery, and copy. And by the way, imagery includes video. But in the age of shorter and shorter attention spans, when people are not reading, imagery and color become the very, 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 very most important. Now, coming back to video for a second, one of the reasons that video works so well is because if you look at our survival instincts as human beings, there is nothing in our human experience more powerful to grab our attention than movement. It is the, the most profoundly impactful thing on grabbing our attention is when something moves. And you can imagine why, right? If there's something rustling in the bushes, if there's something approaching in the distance, you know, it makes sense that that triggers us and that that wakes us up and it makes us pay attention. But what you might not know, and this is why video works so well, is because it's moving. And you'll see there's a lot of gimmicks happening on websites, on social now, just to make things move so that we are more attracted to it. That sort of pattern interrupt. But what you might not know is the second most powerful thing that grabs our attention is color. So for example, that little red icon showing you how many messages you have in your inbox or how many alerts you have in Facebook or how many you know, updates you need to download is so incredibly powerful for making you click. And let's break this down for a second because I think it's really important to point this out. So first of all, red is the most attention grabbing color because it moves, it has this sort of way of moving forward. It makes it feel closer to us. And red is physically stimulating. So that means it has the ability to kind of come forward and grab our attention and make us click because it's physically stimulating. 
And you add on top of that the promise of like a dopamine hit for getting inside your inbox or inside Facebook, and you can see how and why social media is so addicting. But the reality is our brains process visual information like 60,000 times faster than text. So if we layer how quickly visuals work as compared to reading, and we think about the combined power of images and color, and when you dig into the science, you'll discover all kinds of things about why this is true and how it's true. Visuals are way more impactful on our feelings, on our memory. So when you want to be top of mind, when you want to sell more stuff, when you want to create fast and powerful emotional connections, imagery, including video, and color really take the cake. But one of the most powerful ways to deliver color isn't just on you know your logo and your banners. It is through the images. Okay, and this is one of the things I just never hear people talking about is really, really starting to creative direct the photography in their business and brand, not just to be quote unquote on brand, because just picking it to make it match is good. But if what you're matching is strategically false, (laughs) it's wrong in the first place, it's not going to help you achieve what you want to achieve. But that's a separate topic. So let's dive into you know, we, we've kind of established why this is powerful, why images matter, and, and how important color is as a part of that. But let's talk about how to avoid getting it wrong. Because, you know, after a lifetime of shooting, creative directing, hiring, analyzing photography, I can probably break this down for you in a way that's pretty simple. And I really, really want to make it simple for you because I want you to improve your photography. I want you to improve your photography because A, there's some obstacles there that you're not overcoming because of fear, i.e. you think it's too expensive or too complicated or there isn't anybody good near you or you're insecure, uncomfortable being photographed. And those just are not good enough reasons to not have this tool working for you in your business. Because the reality is that as I'm going to explain in a second, having images that are are not these things that I'm going to describe are actually doing you harm. Instead of building trust, they're breaking it. Instead of building affinity and desire, they're turning people away. They're turning people off. So it's not just, there's no neutral here. It's not like if you're not doing this, you're fine. There's some very good chance that the images that you are using poorly lit, slightly blurry, maybe not that great, maybe not that updated, fake stock photos are actually and actively harming your business. So this is really, really important. Okay, let's break it down. The number one thing that you're trying to achieve in your brand is harmony, okay? Harmony is the conscious and unconscious combination of cues that are happening that make me feel like I like you and I trust you and that you're credible and capable. This is the whole end game of marketing, all marketing, all the time. The whole reason we talk about making emotional connections is to increase that trust, increase that like, increase that credibility and authority instantly, as fast as possible. That's the job, okay? Now, what I'm adding to that conversation that you've heard called no like and trust, right? You're trying to build no like and trust, you're trying to do it fast is this idea of harmony. And this isn't talked about very much. I don't, I've not really heard anyone else talk about it (laughs) Um, other than my mentors. Um, Because what harmony is, is it's about using the unconscious and conscious 
in all the different ways they present. So the copy, the imagery, the color, the design, the pricing, all of that perceived value, all of that psychology, and trying to make sure that it's consistent. Because it's the consistency, making sure the words match the colors, match the price, match the images, match the design, that is the magic, magic way to build that trust, credibility, affinity fast. The more alignment there is, the more all these things are pointing in the same direction, the more I can navigate and consciously and unconsciously have an experience that is aligned with what I expect and what I want, the faster I'm going to buy and the harder I'm going to fall in love with you. Fast. Okay? So that's the goal. That's what we want to achieve harmony in the conscious and unconscious cues that we're using in our businesses and brands in order to get the results that we want to make people fall in love and buy. So what I'm talking about today with photography is all in that aim, okay? It's all in the aim of creating that trust and that emotional connection quickly. So the number one thing, and these are not actually in a priority order, but the number one thing I'm going to talk about, which might be the most important thing, is feeling, The emotion in your images is critical, so critical. But where that emotion is coming from might be kind of surprising. It might surprise you. And this is, you know, a lifetime of working with photography that I've kind of broken this down. Things like light, color, expression, right? Like what's the expression on the face? Uh, What environment the photo is in? These are the things that are creating the feeling of an image, especially light and color and expression. Those are really strong cues that make me feel something positive, negative, quickly. Because we like our ability to see movement, our ability to read faces and environments quickly is built into us. And there's all these unconscious things happening. So if you think about an image, for example, that is that beautiful golden like late afternoon sunlight streaming through a window or or backlit behind someone's beautiful red hair or coming through the treetops, that gives us a feeling, right? Looking out at a stormy sea with really moody clouds, not a stitch of sunlight to be found. It's all this like blue or gray. That gives us a feeling, right? I'm not saying happy is the only right feeling, but you need to know what the feeling is you're trying to create and you need to create it. If you're trying to create happy, do not use cloudy images. There needs to be sunshine in there. Why? Because yellow. Yellow is emotionally stimulating, emotionally soothing. It is the color of happiness and it is the color of the sun. And the more sun there is in an image, the more happiness there is. But depending on your brand personality type, if you're a a seaside, for example, you need to be careful about how you're using that sun because you don't want images drenched in a bright, warm yellow because that's not going to create the visual harmony you need. You're going to have a different version. Maybe yours is beautiful, blown out backlighting, for example. Okay, so... There is nuance to this. And of course, if you haven't taken my quiz yet, make sure you do that. The link is always in the show notes. Go.janacolesmith.com slash quiz or just go to my website and hit the quiz button so you can understand what your personality type is. And you'll see on the results page examples of what I'm talking about here. So feeling is the number one thing. Emotion. 
okay? And emotion comes predominantly from light color expression environment. Actually, all the things that we're going to talk about <laughs> come predominantly from those things. Um, but I want you to really think about that for a second and think about the impact of a sunny image versus a cloudy image and how it makes you feel in your chest when you encounter it. And think about what your brand is trying to do and go have a look at your website. Go have a look at your social. Is it sunny? Is it warm? Is that who you're trying to be? Is that who you're trying to be? And you're not exactly pulling it off because you'd never really thought about this. Have a look. Okay, the second thing I want to mention is realness. Now this, this is so important. And this is one of the most important reasons to get your own photos done by a professional photographer of your product, your service, of you, whatever. Finding something to get photographed in an authentic and real way that speaks to your brand and your client and your product, even, and sometimes especially, if those photos aren't that good. We'll talk about quality in a second. So we'll talk about production value, but sometimes images that don't look too perfect have more of a realness quality to them and are more effective for trust building. So if you think about, for example, with video and the trends that we've seen in the last, let's say 10 years, it used to be that if you wanted to show up online, if you wanted to have a blog or a YouTube channel, you had to have really high production video. You had to have a set, it had to be legit. You wanted to look really, really professional. And that is how people took you seriously. Now, the more professional you look, the more skeptical or cynical people might be about you. Also, what we're seeing on social is that a lot of the videos that perform best are not those perfect high production value things. They're in the car or on a dog walk or, you know, messy hair moving through the house. A, movement, right? We're back to video and movement. Movement is a pattern interrupt and that works really well. But also because it feels more real. And when there's more realness, there's more trust. So whatever you're doing, whatever you're putting in your images, whatever those images are of, they need to feel real. So if you are using stock images, images you buy that are already created, you need to make sure that those stock images have an element of realness in them. Look for visceral, sensual things, i.e. fresh herbs, fresh grass, raw dirt, wood, hot tea, things that give us a sensory experience that connects us to something real. Try to avoid just doing all, you know, things on a white background, the classic stock look, right? Try and make sure there's some lifestyle in there because that will give us that sense of realness. And whenever possible, use real images, real images of your clients, even if they're not that good, real images. Well, if they're not that good and they're in a testimonial, fine. Don't make it the hero image at the top of your website, <laughs> ideally. Use it on your Instagram channel. <laughs> realness is key because it is such an important part of that trust building. We need to see your face. Please make sure if you are a personal brand or a personal service, you have your face on the homepage and or the about page. If you are present in your brand, that is so important, especially you petpreneurs. I'm looking at you. If I'm gonna leave my dog with you, I want to see your face, right? Trust is so important and I wanna see you and not a picture of your dog and not a picture of your camera. Not like, I wanna see you that's where this realness piece comes in, okay? It's trust building. And using things that look and feel fake or generic immediately cuts that trust factor. 
it's not that I think you're shady necessarily, but there, there's an opportunity for trust and like to be built there that you're missing. It's not there and it could be. Okay. And please, like uh, anytime I have a keynote where I'm talking about photography, I always say this, especially in pet spaces, but please, please never ever <laughs> use that Jack Russell Terrier on a white background doing all the things with the sunglasses on, holding the leash in his mouth. Like if you've ever built a site for a pet business, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you are a pet business, you know what I'm talking about. Even if you're not, You've seen this guy in stock. Please never, ever, ever use him. <laughs> this uh, photographer is brilliant and probably made a fortune, um, but that is like the most fake, no matter how cute and funny he is, it's the most fake and generic thing you could do. You can do better. Even if you need to get out your own phone and take your own photos, you know, use some nice natural light, have a nice background, pay attention to what we were talking about with sort of this whole warmth and coolness of light thing but that will be so much better than using something fake. Okay, the third one is quality and production value. Now, as I've already mentioned, there's a time for raw, homemade, user-generated content that feels really real, and there's a time for high production value quality. Even if that is a stock image that you're buying, even if it's something done, like I said, you know, with your phone, but in portrait mode instead of just messy, quality is a really, really important part. And often what happens with quality is just a few key items like being in focus, having less light, not being too pixelated. And the one of the biggest ones comes down to environment, having an environment that feels either aspirational or at the very least clean. <laughs> And when I say clean, for me, one of the biggest indicators of a quality image is that there is separation between the subject and the background. And what I mean by that is there's something in focus and there's something very, very blurry behind it. Because this is the best way to use lifestyle imagery where you can have something in focus and the blur, that blur gives us an emotional hit. Okay, it's really, really powerful images where there's like, this is why portrait mode is so good, right? It eliminates the clutter and the visual noise and it brings your attention and focus to some tack sharp, beautiful detail and lets the rest fall away. But because there's more there, right? Not on a white background, because there's more there, but it's blurry, these images become really useful for, you know, website headers or putting text over in your Instagram or whatever. For me, quality has a huge amount to do with how busy the background is, how much of the image is in focus. And 99% of the time, better images have something in focus and something very blurry. And I don't mean necessarily motion blur, but like what we call shallow depth of field, right? There's this bit on this plane is focus and the stuff before and behind is blurry. That is one of the best indicators of quality. So if you have a hero image at the top of your website, a big horizontal banner, A, please don't use a slideshow there, they don't work, and B, make sure that you have an image that's got some separation of the, the subject and the background. Get some blur in there because it makes us feel great and it's a really good signature of a higher quality image. Number four, variety and representation. 
there's a couple ways to look at this. One is if you're going to do your own photo shoot, you want to make sure you get enough variety out of that shoot. So if it's of you, that means multiple outfits, maybe some different hairstyles, different rooms, different settings to make sure that you have a variety of stuff that's going to be useful for a lot of different contexts over time. If you have a physical product, same thing, close-ups of the product, product in action, product with a person or a pet or whatever the product is, different people, different pets, being able to have a real mix. And the representation piece of this is very, very key as well. If you want to be a brand that is inclusive, if you don't want to accidentally be a brand that's a little bit racist <laughs> or a little bit exclusionary, make sure that there is representation of difference in your images. Make sure, first of all, that everything you do isn't just white people please. <laughs> and this is something everyone seems to be waking up to now. You don't want to just, for the sake of it, put a whole bunch of, you know, black and brown people in your images and, you know, still be a little bit racist as a company. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But it's a very good starting point for thinking about how you're representing your brand, who you are attracting, who you care about making seal, feel seen and heard in your brand and making sure that that is a more diverse range of faces and voices. So if you're a pet business, it means small dogs, big dogs, mutts, pure breeds, long hair, short hair, right? A mix. And the same is true with people, right? Not all super thin people, maybe not even all, you know, able-bodied people. It's totally up to you how much representation is important to you and where that starts and ends. And it's a really important thing to think about, okay? And I know it's easier to get stock photos of white people, but guess what? It's easier than ever to get stock photos of not white people, okay? So think about it. Go through your social media, go through your website and look at if it's completely whitewashed or not. This is super important, okay? And if it is, start making some changes and don't just do it in your imagery. You know, one of the reasons that we do the dealing with whiteness episodes in this podcast is to help you engage in deeper and more valuable conversations about how to be anti-racist, how to be an ally. And please do that as well. The work does not start and end with the photos on your website, but it's a really good start. So if you are planning a photo shoot and you are using people as models or, or whatever in your shoot, please make sure there is a variety of representation, as well as a variety for the sake of variety, right? So like I said, different outfits, different products, different rooms, different setups, close-ups, you know, group photos, because that will be more useful for getting the most out of any photo shoot that you might do, okay? So for example, this shoot that I'm doing today, as you're listening to this, if you listen on the day it comes out, is I'm doing some at my home and I'm doing some at this converted barn home that I rented. And there's going to be about probably eight or nine different outfits, some with my dog, some with my kids, some with my laptop, some in a slightly fancier, some more casual, lots of different scenarios. And those are all planned in advance based on what I'm going to talk about next <laughs> in my fifth point. But it's all planned. And the decisions about when we shoot, how we shoot, where we shoot are all connected to number five I'm about to talk about, and making sure there's as much variety as possible, because that's what makes all the investment you do in a photo shoot go farther and get you better return on that investment. Okay, number five, usefulness. It is your job 
as a brand to understand what you are going to use these photos for. If you work with a really great photographer, they're going to help you with this. They're going to suggest ideas, suggest a shot list, be able to support you with scenes and hows and wheres. You know, they'll do what's called creative directing, which is helping you come up with the ways to capture and convey what you want to convey. But it ultimately comes down to you to know what are you going to use these images for? So that will help you understand from like a theme point of view or symbolism or literally the the products or outfits or expressions you need to have in these images to do what you need them to do, you need them to speak to what you're trying to say, right? So for example, I did some creative direction for a shoot for um, Dr. Lynn Marine Hordle, who I just mentioned does these Dealing with Whiteness episodes with us. Um, I did some creative direction for her shoot. And what she does is she deals with conflict resolution and conversations about racism. So one of the things that became very important in her shoot is that not all of her photos were smiling, right? Like she can't post something about, you know, a black man being murdered and be smiling. That's not going to work equally we have a lot of conversations with justin her son so it was really important that justin be involved in some of these images right and equally sometimes she's like in suit mode in corporate and sometimes she's in like you know sweater and jeans mode being chill so both of those sides needed to be represented as well and the list goes on and on and on but what i want you to understand is that there there is nuance and there is planning that needs to be done in advance in order to make sure that the images that you are shooting, especially if you're getting your own custom images, are going to work for you. And if you are searching again for stock images, the same is true, but again, using that realness <laughs> filter to make sure that if you are looking for an image about marketing or an image about tacos or an image about family, that you're choosing images that that really pass that realness test and they don't look too perfect um, so they don't feel fake, okay? So one of the ways that you can do this is start keeping a list of what you need images of, what you're selling throughout the year. Do you do a Black Friday special or do you do holiday stuff or you do sales or promotions? What kind of images would be useful for that? Do you have themes or brand pillars in your business that you speak to? Could you have images that represent that? Do you have a physical product line? And in addition to I need a product, you know, let's say shampoo. In addition to a photo of each shampoo and a photo of each conditioner, I need a photo of someone using this product. I need something in an actual bathroom or an actual shower. I need something with suds or really pretty tiles to give that anchoring real impact. Also, maybe you talk about the ingredients that are in your shampoo and you need some images of like something with a bit of coconut and something with a bit of avocado or, you know, focusing on that aspect of the product, not just the physical product itself, but what goes into it. Or maybe you have really special brand culture and you have kind of a cool, cute, quirky office, and you need some photos of your team at the office being cool. So you can speak to that in your marketing. Okay, so thinking through how you need to tell the story of your brand in order to make that emotional connection with people is going to help you achieve this harmony I mentioned and make sure that you get the feeling, the realness, the quality, the variety, and the usefulness that you need out of these photos. And I did quickly mention 
a lot of this comes down to a few pieces, right? Light, expression, environment, and color. In particular, starting with color and using that as a way to choose the rest. So understanding, especially if you know your brand personality type, if you've done a rebrand, or if you're very clear on your brand colors and you know those brand colors are have a positive psychology impact on your people, then looking for elements of those colors in the real world is very useful. Certainly you could do things in a studio, but for lifestyle imagery where you're on location or in person looking for walls that have been painted that color or home environments that feature that color or being able to make sure there's a sofa and a throw blanket or some flowers or a chair in that color will be a really important part of creating some of this feeling and this quality and usefulness that I've mentioned. Equally, light is very, very, very important. So keeping that in mind, if you need your brand to feel happy, you need sunshine or fake sunshine. <laughs> like it's gotta be warm and sunny. That's so, so important if you're a brand that wants to feel happy. And keep the expressions in mind as well. As you're going through picking those images, if it needs to feel happy, you need that smile. If it's serious, you don't need that smile and the smile might not be very appropriate. So keep these things in mind. Now, we are working on a really cool product to help you with this whole photography planning process. If that's something that you're interested in, check out the show notes because we'll have a link for you to jump on the wait list for that. It's something I've been working on for a while and I doubled down on it as I was getting ready for this photo shoot I'm doing today. Also, you can hop over to my Instagram and check out my stories because I'm sure I will be posting behind the scenes from our shoot today. Um, but pop your name on the wait list if you'd like support with this whole photography process, whether you're a personal brand or a product brand, whether you're in the pet industry or you're a coach or whatever, it doesn't matter. It, it applies to everyone and it will really help you navigate this process and make sure that if you are doing a photo shoot, that you'll be able to get what you need out of it to achieve all the good stuff we've been talking about here. And keep in mind, one of the things that we talk about in this resource is pricing, because I want you to know that it doesn't have to be expensive. Like you can get images for not that much money and it is one of the most important things you can invest in in your business, especially for your marketing. So when people ask me like how I would spend 500 bucks or how I would spend $1,000 in a business, like photography is always one of the very, very first things for all the reasons I've described that having a few great images that tell the story of your brand that make people instantly understand and feel what you need them to understand and feel in order to buy from you is absolutely priceless. And that old cliche about a photo being worth a thousand words is so true, but we see that reflected in how we react to images. So if you care about selling, if you care about marketing, if you care about having a more predictable impact on the people in your world, then pay more attention to your photography, follow my advice. And if you want more help, just get in touch. We've got lots of ways to help you. And, you know, that is something I'm really passionate about having been a photographer and continuing to support photographers. You know, these artists do such incredible work and the gift that they bring to the world is so powerful. And if you've never had the experience of investing in photography, not just for your brand, but also for your family, for you, it is such a transformative, powerful process. So I want you to 
consider it. Think about it as you think about your, your next marketing budget. And if it's not something you've invested in or only invested very little in, think about going bigger and think about what that could potentially do for you and how you could potentially leverage those images in ways maybe you've not explored before because they are very, very powerful. Okay, guys, see you next time.